Oh, look, it even says my name. Yeah. Daniel. Whoa. Moore. I don't know why you don't go by Dano. That's a great. I, you know, I do sometimes, but. Oh. I don't know. I, I mean, I do, but like, I just, for some reason, uh, when I did the Zoom thing, I just said Daniel. Moore. I got you. It's way more boring that way. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, let's start talking. Okay. Cool. Yeah, how's it going? It's okay. Uh, I have to go to work at like six tonight, so I've just been spending the day. Uh, I'm doing like this um, online festival that I forgot about. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So it's been really interesting to like. I like woke up early for a lecture, and then I was like, ah, do I really want? Uh, do I really want to do this? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's through the Ingler, is that right? Uh, no, the festival oh. is um, Splice. It, I guess in like the non-COVID times, it, they do it at Western Michigan oh. um, University, and it's like an electroacoustic-based um, festival. So mostly a lot of composers so mm. far that I've met. I haven't really met any other performers. Cool. Um, so you, you, you always kind of feel like you put on the spot in a, in a, right. in a way, you know. Nice. Speaking yeah. of on the spot, Dan, this is Gabby. <laughs> Gabby, this Hi, is Dan. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. How are you? Okay. Good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> or is it Gabby? That's like the whole thing. Um, I'm named after. <laughs> I'm named after my mom's friend who's from Germany. Okay. And so like she pronounces her name Gabby, but like oh. I also recognize that like I never wanted to be that person who introduced myself with like an affect. <laughs> so like. Sure. Gabby is fine. Gabby is like, sometimes people say it. I'm like, oh, who are you? You know? <laughs> well, I probably <laughs> will keep saying Gabby just because I'm used to it. Yeah, that's totally fine. I'll slowly work my way into Gabby. <laughs> yeah, it is no rush. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, both well, of them sound really cool. You've got a really cool name. Yeah. Thank you. The you last name is great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I've always yeah. wondered about that. I've always said Vanek. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. Not Vanek. Okay. No, not Vanek. No, just Vanek. <laughs> like one, like almost one syllable. Vanek. Vanek. Yeah. Like that fast. Wow. Great. <laughs> is the audio okay? Because I'm using my phone as my webcam and microphone, but if needed, I have my interface so I could grab like a mic. Um, it seems a little clippy. Does that make any sense? Um, yeah, let me just check the audio settings. Maybe I can turn off original sound. Is that better? It's still so. got a little bit of a pop to it. I don't know, though. Mm. It, it, okay. Fine. It doesn't matter. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Dan didn't hear a thing. He, he thinks I'm being... I didn't hear it. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I let uh, Eric handle all of the uh, noise complaints because he's, uh, he's better with that the audio stuff than I am. Better with noise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's better at well. I, I guess we both make no make our own noise in our own little way. Yeah, but um, yeah. as far as managing the noise, Eric is way better. I'm the noise manager. <laughs> yes, Hell noise yeah. manager. Yeah. Any noise, any I'm, noise, Karens, come see me. <laughs> I'm the noise assistant. <laughs> the noise Karen. assistant manager. 
Noise Karen yeah. is my like new band playing at games for sure. Well, damn. Can I be in? <laughs> My new thing is to just ask everyone if I can play in their band, apparently. Oh, yeah, let's do it. There you go. <laughs> That's Speaking what every which, interview oh. should be about. You should ask, hey, can I play in your band? Starting new bands. Hi, we, we yeah. asked you here today to start a new band. Start a new band. That, <laughs> Perfect. That's what we always do, and by the end of the episode, record an album. Oh my God, no. Man, that's like a game show right there. <laughs> yeah, there oh, yeah. Can yeah. you create a band and an album in yeah. an hour? Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Be, uh, I kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. Speaking of asking hmm. of uh, people to be in their bands, I think I just did that on Saturday to Gabby. <laughs> Oh, Justin was there, right? Yes. I feel like this is like Justin's thing. <laughs> okay, and I'm... I'll, I'll ask Justin. Yeah. So um, I and... did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got to see uh, Gabby perform with Justin Comer and Jake. Is Jake's last name Jones? Yes, not yeah, Jacob. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Jake Jones. Um, that was part of the uh, PS1 Open Air Festival. And it was at the oh, old cool. Uptown Bills, which was cool. And a personal side note, it was the first show I've been to since May 4th of last year, which also was a Gabby Vanek and Justin Comer production. <laughs> so, hey, wow. Yeah. Oh, it must have been March 4th, though. Oh, yeah, March 4th. Right. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. So I waited oh. a while just to see you guys again. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was like right before everything went crazy, right? It really was. Like a yep. week like the week before, before. yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, uh, yep. I'm trying to think. The last show that I've been to was some cover band was playing some sort of reception in Muscatine. Oh, nice. Was it <laughs> yeah. Lefty and the Spinner? Was, it wasn't Lefty and the Spinners. It we'll was try like, to keep the Muscatine uh, inside jokes to ourselves a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we'll try to do that. <laughs> anyway speaking of locales i've always wanted to ask you gabby where because you're not from iowa even originally let alone iowa city so where did you come from oh man uh, that's that's tricky because i've oh. been in iowa now for 11 years which mm -hmm. is the second longest place i've ever lived uh so before i was before i moved back to iowa city i was in wichita kansas uh and then before which i was in iowa and then before Iowa, I was in like Southern New York. And then before New York, I was in Florida. So I've kind of wow really yeah. traversed. But Iowa, I think it, I lived in Florida for 12 years. Hmm. So and Iowa is now 11. And I say 11 because even though there was like a two and a half year gap in there, I kept mm -hmm. my residency when I moved oh. to <laughs> Kansas. Just it was just easier. Yeah. Um, and also my car insurance was cheaper oh, uh, yeah. to stay an Iowa resident for whatever nice. reason. So I just, I kind of just, I would always come back and forth whenever I had breaks cool. between school. And I, incidentally, I didn't anticipate moving back to Iowa after I left grad school. It just kind of happened. Oh yeah. So, nice. yeah. so is that what brought you to Iowa the first time around was school? Yeah. Yeah. I majored in bassoon. So like, I really liked the uh, studio professor and like mm -hmm. it was really nice that there was like one of my best friends I met the day I auditioned nice kind of thing so it's uh, I don't know Iowa City is very like uh comfy I think in certain ways and then other oh, times yeah. like during football season I'm like I want to move you oh know? yeah so right. every Saturday <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, it's a terrible place to live on those days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, however, if, if you're going to be stuck in Iowa, I would say Iowa City is the place to be compared to like yeah. everywhere else in the state. Yeah. <laughs> I hear Des Moines is like hip now. Quad Cities is getting there too. There's a lot of really cool stuff. Oh man, that's there. about the best scene in the state. Have yeah. you yeah. hooked up with any of those people, Gabby? At uh, all? I, I played at, what's the club called? Ross Talks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that is amazing. Yeah. It's such a cool spot. I can't remember the name of the guy who who is like the the booker or whatever there, but I know there's like a really wonderful like metal scene out there too. Yeah. So I've been meaning to like kind of creep like I really want to go to Wake Brewing. Yeah. Um, which is that like and like I didn't realize like they're a big deal. Um, like the uh, Decibel Metal and Beer Festival has them on tap. Nice. Wow. So I was like, okay, cool. I finally had their stout for the first time last night. A friend brought a can to me and I was like, oh, this is like actually good. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, I have had a couple of, I, I, I've had a couple of their beers and they're, they're pretty good. Um, I got to play metal fest or something. I don't know what it was. Oh, cool. I, I got, um, I had a lot of beers. That's how I'll put that. And uh, it was what band was that in, Eric? In the mouth of radness. Oh, that's oh. right. Okay. Yeah. I always forget you were in that band. Uh, yeah, that's that's my mo. Yeah. If anyone remembers, I was in a band that, that I didn't do my job. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally came out of a shadow, and they were like, "Oh, wait, I saw you." It's <laughs> terrible. I'm right here. But yeah, the other night, Gabby had on um a moss. A full body moss hunting suit. <laughs> so a ghillie was, suit. What? What's it called? A ghillie suit. Ghillie suit. Wow. Did, yeah. Wait, hold on. Did I hear that right? Did you say killing suit? Uh, ghillie. <laughs> ghillie. <laughs> For a second, I thought you said killing suit. I'm sorry. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, really well, got intense, didn't it? <laughs> damn. Now we have to start that band, too. Uh, uh, killing suit? Well, I mean, I guess you use it to kill deer. Yeah, so it does kind of kind of work i forgot why i bought it to be honest because <laughs> i was in um, a band with vero smith called body punishment and mm -hmm. our first gig that i think it was like our first and last maybe we played two gigs together i can't remember but our first show uh she like it was uh like sea monster themed so i wore <laughs> that's a daily suit and she was nice. like a crazy mermaid and, it, and we like did a cover a noise cover of uh one of the little mermaid songs oh nice oh wow <laughs> oh my gosh actually I, that's one thing that i noticed gabby is that um a lot of these uh projects or bands i don't know if their projects or bands had awesome names like body punishment <laughs> That that was the first thing that popped out at, at me, but then I'm looking at Deathbed, uh, Drop Bear, Unblessed Rest of Us. These are awesome <laughs> names. Uh, uh, so are these all like kind of, are they kind of each, uh, each like sort of like different like sounding projects? Like what, uh, could you kind of maybe explain like sort of some of your projects to us? Yeah, absolutely. I was um, so Body Punishment was kind of like a joke band that I made with Vero um, a couple years ago. That was supposed to be kind of each time we played or released something was supposed to have a different theme. So it'd be Body Punishment presents, 
Mm -hmm. X. Mm -hmm. uh, and like, so we would come like find like words that like didn't work together, like body punishment presents blood bag, you know, and then like, we'd have like a theme based on that. And so like, uh, our first, um, I think, presents was Oyster World or something mm -hmm. like, so the, and hence like the Little Mermaid theme. Um, Drop Bear is, is my like free improv duo with Justin Comer on saxophone. Um, and that kind of came to be because he's in a band called Wombat. And I thought it would be funny if we just had marsupial <laughs> themed things. But I guess like, since my aesthetic is a little bit more sinister, Drop Bear seemed <laughs> to be a good, uh, good name. I can't take credit for the Unblessed Rest of Us. That's Justin's project and a uh, name that he took from an article um, that came out in the 80s um, about uh, I, what was it like essentially about sampling so like people who you know take from others like what about the unblessed rest of us who don't have that same creative process and I'm, I'm sure Eric Justin winds up listening to like oh you got the story all wrong but uh, <laughs> that's how I understood it it was a kind of a fair use um, article and the, the author basically said you know that some people want to create but they don't they don't that the, they're the unblessed rest of us that don't aren't able to necessarily make those things and so they should be able to take them i think is yeah so i think you got it yeah okay as far as i understood it <laughs> yeah. yeah plunder phonics was the word yeah right plunder phonics and, and then, then uh death bag oh yeah so death bag i don't know how the name came to be or i don't remember but that's my uh project with chris weersma and the whole thing is that we wear like sacks over our heads when we play uh, and we um, we're actually going to rehearse tomorrow, but we had one show uh, at Purgatory right before COVID hit. Um, yeah. And so we haven't, like, you know, we've, like, discussed ideas, and we have, like, a lot of stuff that we've recorded in practices, but we haven't really played together um, since COVID. So I'm excited yeah. to get that project and back it was, together. And it was awesome. I was at that oh, show. Oh, yeah. It was very cool. Um, it was with uh, uh, that <laughs> fella from Ono. Oh yeah, right. Jordan Rays. Jordan Rays, yeah, 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 that was really cool. Um, knowing Chris, where some uh, I would guess that Death Bag is from Twin Peaks, because Killer Bob says, "I'm I'll catch you with my death bag," and so Ooh. I would yes. guess. Yes. And if Chris, that's not true, then you can just tell me. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to ask him. Let us know. Yeah. And if especially I'm right, my detective skills are killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially if it is Twin Peaks. Eric and I talk about Twin Peaks quite a bit. It comes up a lot. You yes. know, I've never watched it. Like, yeah. so I'm, I, I, it's on my to watch list for sure. I, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's one of those things. I love it a lot. So it's hard for me to actually give any sort of unbiased opinion yeah. on it. I mean, I do understand there are dumb things and uh, some parts are boring and stupid, um, but you know, the rest of it's really great. Well, and, and I've also found that recommending Twin, Twin Peaks is like recommending an early Ween album. Mm. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because you think it's great. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, oh, it's amazing. But then you, you forget that there are people out there that just will never understand it. I made the mistake of recommending the pod to somebody. Mm -hmm. And yeah. uh, I was like, yeah, this is an amazing record. You should listen to it. And they like sold it the next day, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. and that's kind of how Twin I get it. <laughs> you're either going to get that type of reaction or you're going to get, oh my God, thank you. This changed my life. 
yeah. from either Ween or Twin Peaks. They're the same thing. <laughs> I would say anything worth a shit, that should be the response. Like, yeah. if anyone just said, I don't know, it was, yeah, it was pretty good. Like, why'd you even suggest it? <laughs> it's like equally accessible. You should only yeah. suggest things trying to piss people off. I mean, <laughs> what's the point? They, anyway. They know that they're probably not going to like. It's the funnest. Yeah, it's the best thing. Um, I always love hearing those reactions. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Gabby. But, no, we go off watch, uh, a lot. So. No, now I have to watch Twin Peaks and come back. I, uh, yeah, yeah that Ween sounds before? great. Have you listened to Ween before? No, I haven't. Uh, you should listen to Ween, too. And yeah, you should listen back. to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. The pod and watch Twin Peaks. Oh, but yeah, not at the so. same time. If you do it at the same time, let me know what it's like, because yeah. I may try it, but... I want to wait until somebody else tries it first to see what happens. Or you could try to watch or listen to something that came out in the last 30 years. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. All those things are great, but yeah. I have this problem where I suggest things that I think are amazing, but I haven't actually watched or listened in like 15 years. And then people are like, I don't know, it was okay. And then I'll listen and I'll be like, oh yeah, that's kind of shitty. Like... <laughs> I don't know. It happens to me all the time. Have you ever recommended things that are amazing that you just never, ever watched or listened to? Oh, shit. Like, ever? <laughs> yeah, like, things that, like everybody else says. Oh, like when I tell people they should read Kierkegaard? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay that, what's that? It's an author that I've never read, but you know, I, I, read I thought that's what you meant, though. It's like, oh, well, something you've never even experienced. Just tell, yeah, other yeah just just tell people, you know, hey, you should check it out. Yeah, uh, Gabby actually has read. I have read Kierkegaard. I read him in grad school. I think what was his uh, one of his like big philosophizing was like the concept of anxiety. I think. <laughs> So I remember reading that in grad school, thinking it would help with like, because I have uh, pretty bad stage fright. And so uh, I was like, oh, maybe Kierkegaard, help. Kierkegaard does not help. It's, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a ghillie suit might. Exactly. I like the idea of not, if I could have given my master's recital a ghillie suit, it probably would have been 10 oh, times better. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, I was... Uh, so did you get to spend a lot of time in the, um, this doesn't have anything to do with anything, the electronic music studio at the mm -hmm. university or was that not? No, it's not that it wasn't a thing, but when I was here, like the, it was mostly a graduate level mm -hmm. course. So I, I didn't have access to a lot of that equipment. And so all of my like electronicing was on my own terms, oh, cool. which is yeah. too bad because I'm, I'm sure, I think things have since changed where they have a lot more options for undergraduates to do electronic music. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't even think when I was here, the composition was open to undergraduates. Oh, okay. I got um, you. So the school of music has changed, but that was also when we didn't have a building. Right. Um, so I, I think like becoming friends with some of like the doctoral candidates has been really interesting how different their experience is I, I can't say I know any undergrads. Um, I, I, I would be curious to know like how, like what access to like um, contemporary performance practices right. they, yeah. they have. The only reason I ask is that I think we saw each other at a electronic studio composition performance. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, I didn't know if that was something you had also been able to participate in when you were there. So no, it's I mean, I wish like in some ways, like I sometimes think that it would be nice to go back to school just to have access to yeah. all of that equipment and um technology like even like the intermediate department in the art school with like the projectors oh yeah stuff like that I mean I always forget like institutional access is like insane mm -hmm. you know right like for the stuff like I when I was like recording um ghost actions with Will like he had like Neumann mic from yeah. electronic music studio and I was like wow dang okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would I would have trouble with that. I'd be like, that microphone is more valuable than all of my gear put together. But <laughs> yeah. I know that's not true for you because you play bassoon, right? Which I right. can only imagine after working at. Oops, I said it. <laughs> I've, I've held fast to not saying where I used to work because I've I haven't actually I haven't talked shit on it, but I haven't. <laughs> And super nice. Anyway, the music <laughs> store where Gabby and I actually met, um, those uh, orchestral level instruments are outrageous, the price. Yeah. I can't even understand it. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I will say about my bassoon, because like I'll probably be mugged if someone found out <laughs> how much it costs, is that what they're selling at doesn't even compare to what oh, I bought sure. my instrument for kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they have some good stuff too, but like, like my instrument, like I had to get appraised and like, I, it has to be insured. Like it was like a whole process to even get the loan. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It. Yeah. I worked with a guy there who was a double bass player and mm -hmm. the ones that we sold at the store, like the top ones are like, I don't even know, seven grand, six grand, mm -hmm. maybe. And he was like, oh yeah, these are good. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like mine, literally, the one you can see in the background, came <laughs> from the trash. <laughs> I don't work there anymore, so they can't fire me. But, uh, yeah, so it's just like... Employers, they knock at your door. Like, yeah, we're going to oh, need that base back, the one we threw in the trash. Um, but yeah, he said that when he told me the price of his base, I just I couldn't even... I couldn't even believe it. And, but that's one of the few differences I've noticed. And we've talked about this before, Gabby, and I've talked to Justin Comer a lot about it too. Um, how cool Iowa City is that we have these different elements and different groups of people coming together to play music. So like me, I don't, I don't know anything musically, you know, but I get to play with people that have gone to school that have graduate degrees in music and composition. And I think we kind of feed off of each other a little bit The the scenes come together and it's like, Oh, wow. I could, I could learn a lot about how things are put together and composed and performed. And someone else might learn the joy of trying to let go of all that knowledge and just have an experience with noise. Um, and punk rock and things that, or even metal that, that aren't necessarily as technical, but are a little more free. I don't know. Have you experienced a lot of that? Yeah, absolutely. What's always interesting to me, I kind of, I mean, not that I came to the bassoon late, I was in high school, but um, I didn't really take private lessons until I was in college. Mm -hmm. And so I came out of like the metal scene, um, like, you know, going to metal shows. And so my, like, 
I guess like aesthetic was mostly like this like harsher, more aggressive sound. And I was found myself very interested in like people who came from like conservatory um, in like modern music reaching very similar conclusions despite coming from different worlds like to me that is perpetually fascinating Mm -hmm. um i remember seeing fuck the facts play like a basement show um and i was like some of their stuff is so rhythmically and harmonically complex and i I was talking to them about it like yeah you know like you're doing some like really interesting modal stuff like how are you notating it like what are you thinking (laughs) And they're like, honestly, we mostly do tablature and memorization. Like, we're not necessarily thinking like, oh, this is a diminished seventh chord. Like, we just know that this sounds dissonant in the way that we aesthetically want. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just so funny that like the institutionalization of aggressiveness is like such (laughs) an interesting concept. But like, I also, I remember in graduate school, I think my thinking has changed a bit on this. I was called like a cultural imperialist because I was, wow. I know, isn't that a strong word to call yeah, someone? Because, <laughs> because I was so interested in, in the taking of the academy into DIY spaces because they were reaching similar conclusions. And now I'm less interested in the academy and I'm actually interested more in the opposite mm-hmm. of people outside of the academy making really interesting music. Um, I, I think I've kind of gone um, in reverse in my thinking where I was, I wanted to talk to people outside of the academy mm-hmm. about how they're making things. And now I'm more interested in like the, like the deconstruction, I guess, right. if that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I still kind of want to get my PhD because I think it's interesting, but like, I don't necessarily think you need to be in the conservatory to be making good or interesting or relevant music at all. And For I think sure. like popular music, you know, shows that mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a, a pop, you know what I mean by popular music, right. like, yeah, sure. like non-art music. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, you, you actually kind of uh, answered uh, the uh, question that I was going to ask you sort of, cause I was going to ask you, um, well, first of all, you mentioned that you, you picked up the bassoon in high school, correct? Yep. And so uh, my question was actually going to be if you had any particular influence or reason uh, of doing that. And then I was also going to ask if you originally, um, like kind of what your musical background was, and you mentioned that you kind of came from the metal scene. Do you feel that coming from the metal scene um informed your decision in any way whatsoever to start playing an instrument such as the bassoon um oh man that's interesting so when i was in uh sixth grade you know they do like the band choose your band instrument thing um you know i think a lot of schools do that Mm -hmm. like you 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 do like a round robin like oh you try the trombone you try the oboe and i remember uh, when i was in middle school i like saw the bassoon i'm like this is a fucking weird looking thing i (laughs) want to try it and I tried it and I did really well on it, but my school was small enough where we only had one bassoon and there was already someone who played. So they're like, well, if you want to play a low instrument, why don't you play euphonium? It's like the brass version of the bassoon. And I like, I was in band, I didn't really care about it, but it was something that was a low instrument kind of thing. And so when I moved, I still was in band in like middle school, but I really like just didn't want to play 
that. And I remember being in like, must have been ninth or 10th grade that I asked my band director, because, you know, really small school, I was like, hey, do we have a bassoon? And we didn't have a bassoon player. And so he was like, oh, wow, like, that's really great that you're asking. Do you want to learn how to play it? And I was like, absolutely. That's, that's exactly what I want to do. So I, I must have been like 15 or 16. Um, so I was still playing electric bass at the time, too. So I always kind of was drawn to like those low mm-hmm. frequencies. Um, and I think like the music that I was interested in playing on bassoon, uh, uh, it's hard to say, like, I didn't know how to express the sounds that I wanted when I was in high school on the instrument, I was just content to like learn how to play it and like how it worked. Um, yeah, so I wouldn't say that like being in metal really influenced the bassoon. It's more like my bassoon playing is, or, the, or sorry, I, <laughs> I got it backwards. Mm-hmm. I, metal had nothing to do with my choice of the bassoon. It was just a weird instrument, but metal and grindcore and noise definitely uh, are like choices that I'm thinking about when I'm playing, okay. even though I haven't quite figured out how I, I'm still learning, I think, how to get the sounds that I want in sure. a lot of and ways. Eric and I um, talked about that when we were uh, reviewing your split with Will mm-hmm. about how we hear a lot of like sort of metal sounds kind of coming from the instruments there. So that that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think like I try like I have like an HM2 clone like I like the one thing that has always stuck with me I was like really into like Swedish death metal like early 90s you know Grave is like constantly playing in my car and so I wanted that like buzzsaw mm-hmm. sound but I think like I don't I mean as much as I'd love to be in a death metal band I don't know if bassoon if I can be a death metal bassoonist so like <laughs> <laughs> I think like in, like my improv improvisations and manner of playing is a little bit more drone doomy. <laughs> sure, than, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. One last one last uh, annoying question, kind of. Oh no. Middle connection. Uh, what are some of your like favorite bands? Just that, this is a curiosity question. Oh no, I love asking. I, I love this question. So uh, I love Gorguts. Gorguts is. Gorguts? my favorite death metal band um obscura was like the album that changed my life um i've seen them live like maybe three or four times i wrote an academic article about them like yeah gorguts is is great um and then i i'm trying to think who i'm listening to recently um i really like grave like i said as far as like old school death metal goes um isis has always been like kind of a a big influence um Yeah, I saw them live in 2010, like one of their last shows, which was super rad. Um, I have like, oh, Disembowelment. That's like, uh, like Death Doom, uh, one release, but like Hmm. so good. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I've been listening to all sorts of stuff recently, but I have a couple patches on my bassoon case. So that usually (laughs) indicates what I'm listening to. Uh, I love Sun. Um, Yeah. I, they're, they're like a big influence, I think, in a lot of my playing, actually, just like the big sounds and like the sweeping scapes and, yeah. and all that. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, like, I, I feel like the music that I buy and consume is different than like what I'm listening to when I'm just like writing on my computer or like mm-hmm. doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So, so it's like I just bought like um, 
a, a, I think it's Nazarani, um, Stephen O'Malley. Uh, it's a Stephen O'Malley uh, noise project with KG Hino. Um, so I was like really excited to find that. And so like, and, like you know, finding music like that. But then I've been like listening to a lot of Amy Winehouse, you know, cause like she's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. Well, you gotta change it up sometime. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, that's great. So you're kind of partial to uh, death metal, would you say? That's if you had a default, that's what you would land on? Probably death metal, like death, death doom, I think specifically. I, you know, I think when I was like a couple, like in high school, I was more focused on like the bands and the genres and like being able to rattle right. off facts. But now I'm just so interested in like the sounds that bands mm -hmm. are making and my memory is so not good that like, right. you know, I wear my Gorgut shirt, but if you ask me like a Gorgut song, I'll just be like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, I just put it on and listen, shit. Then, yeah, yeah, Obscura is a great album. Like, right. like, but I have like a buddy who's like, a rattler like he'll he'll yeah. like oh you know this and i'm just like i listened to this album 20 times but like i don't right i don't remember song titles like right. especially with death metal bands i feel like it's like oh i know this track you know mm -hmm. kind of you know i i don't know maybe maybe i'm i'm, I'm a poser but like at no. this point, I, don't really I, can't, I think if you're <laughs> if you're actually listening to it instead of just memorizing a bunch of shit about it then you're yeah. the opposite of a poser yeah but, just like going on metal archives and... right <laughs> that's the funny thing about metal i love metal and i have listened to a lot of it but i never really dig insanely deep into a specific band or genre it's like if I'm in the mood, I'll find something cool and I'll listen to it and I'll like it. And it seems like sometimes with metal, like being a big genre file or whatever and knowing everything is an important element of it. So. Yeah, I, I definitely oscillate, I think, because like I'm very key into genre and like sound and like what makes a black metal album a black metal album compared mm -hmm. to like a death metal album or what's the difference between death metal and grindcore. Oh, right. and then let's talk about like fucking power violence and like, mm -hmm. I don't know, I like those little delineations, but like, and I, I can tell you like, oh, this is a great album, but what track number five is on that great right. album, I don't know, I listen to it in context, I'm not like pulling singles off right. of <laughs> the yeah. album, I mean, yeah. Yeah, right. I, I, I know people that are like uh, huge metal heads, and I'll listen to three different death metal bands and think, in my mind, they all kind of, there isn't too much of a difference between the three death metal bands, but this person will like rip my head off if I tell them that. <laughs> oh, like, absolutely. No, you, yeah. no, what are you talking about? Vocals are just a little bit less monster cookie or cookie monster. <laughs> monster. monster cookies are good. Yeah, I'll have a monster <laughs> cookie. Monster, you know? Um, yeah. You know, and it just, yeah, I, I totally sympathize with you there, Eric. You should try, um, a genre called punk rock. People oh, are yeah. way less confused there. I don't know. Actually, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Jeez. Oh, no, yeah. no, I am. Um, yeah. If I call a band a 77 punk band and they're a crust band, I'm going to fucking get in trouble. And I know that. So you know. No, <laughs> now I just don't even worry about it. <laughs> the tone of that harmonic is just slightly yeah. less distorted than that one. I just yeah. figure I'm going to be lame and enjoy music and not know anything about it. And that's, I'm cool with that. Yeah, that is kind of the worst thing to enjoy music. I, yeah. 
anyway. really hate that. <laughs> so, yeah, so the performance you did the other night, uh, Gabby, was with, yeah, uh, Jake Jones, who I just met, and they were really cool. They were really nice to meet. Um, I think I yeah. asked them if I could be in the project, um, <laughs> and also you and Justin. <laughs> but um, you were... You were just running pedals, is that right? Yeah. Like, I was what doing was your playing. sound? Did, I couldn't figure that part out, or even was there one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I was doing, like, a lot of no input, a contact mic, and, like, fucking with ground hum. Oh, through okay. my, like, standard bassoon rig um, mm -hmm. was mostly it. I, you know, I, I hate to say this, but, like, I feel like I'm just along for the ride with this project mm -hmm. in some ways. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way, but, like, it's not something that, like, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely there to help facilitate the sounds mm -hmm. that, that they want. Like, I don't take much, like, um, what's the word? Uh, uh maybe well especially because this was like jake's show mm -hmm. like this like how how can i make the sounds that you want to make to make this mm -hmm. happen you know right. it's it's you know even though i'm playing with justin like this definitely when we played um crystal's no touching sessions yeah uh uh like th this is very much so like a project that justin that wanted to come to fruition and he asked us to play with him um gotcha. so i yeah i i don't I, I hope it didn't sound negative i just mean it oh no so, i don't think yeah, so yeah that it's it's not my project right. I'm, I'm just so you felt there. yeah sort of like um maybe having uh, like playing notes as a sound source would almost be too much of a direction yeah and i yeah, i love I get just that. doing like bleep loops in a ghillie yeah. suit like it works for me and i think i have good enough ears where i can you know uh tell which direction or help shape where things are supposed to go right for sure yeah um so regarding pedals did the idea to run your bassoon through pedals come almost instantaneously with playing the bassoon or was that sort of a later realization like shit i can just run this through a distortion pedal well, so I was always getting in trouble in undergrad because I because because I got got to the bassoon late. I wasn't really interested in playing Mozart in standard mm -hmm. rap. I was like, how do we get to the next sound source and squigglies? Like, I, I mean, I, I I really wanted to play contemporary music, but a lot of that music's very challenging. Um, and so I remember, I think this was either junior or senior year in music theory, we had the opportunity to write our own piece. And I had started experimenting with contact mics on the bassoon. And I, you know, I didn't know at the, I, I knew of other bassoonists doing weird things, but like, I wasn't aware of electro, like electric bassoon. Right. And so I was like, well, if I put a contact mic here, I think I can get sounds. And I ran it through a, a delay pedal. Yeah. And wrote the piece so that you could play bassoon and delay. Um, mm -hmm. And so it just kind of kept evolving from there where I liked pedals. I liked kind of the modul modularity of being able to pick which sound I liked. And, uh, and honestly, the only reason I never learned Max, like the the, the um, computer software that a lot of mm -hmm. electronic musicians use is because I don't have a laptop. I have a desktop. Oh, okay. yeah. And so it wasn't functional to bring my desktop to gigs. Right. So, I, so I just became really analog heavy. Mm -hmm. um, 
because like, oh, well, I can make a different pedal rig for whatever sound I want and I can keep talking about electronics. And now I know a lot about how the bassoon works acoustically and what works best. And I like to be kind of like on my like little elitist high horse that like, (laughs) like a lot of people don't know how to like how to deal with the bassoon at all. And sure. I like being like, well, this is how you deal with them soon. I am the person who knows how to deal with them soon in this like right. very nuanced setting. Like my bassoon hero, uh, she had, um, we had met, um, she was someone whose career I'd been following since I was 18. Hmm. So when like I finally met her, I had like my big fangirl moment, yeah. which is like <laughs> still embarrassing for me. I don't know if she'll listen to this, but uh, she, uh, she, uh, so one time, like, you know, you always have like imposter syndrome and stuff mm-hmm. like that. She had, te- somehow she wound up getting my phone number and vice versa. And she texted me and she's like, Hey man, I'm, uh, playing a show in Germany and I need a pedal rig. What do you suggest? And I was like, wow, oh, you're asking me. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Like that was like, holy wow. shit. Yeah. So yeah. Did, did you steer in the right direction? I did. I even sent yeah. her uh, a pedal in the mail that I wasn't using anymore because oh, I, nice. I didn't like it. It was the Electroharmonics Canyon. I don't know. I, I oh, found yeah. that it was, it's, it's too digital sounding for a delay. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I was just like, you should use this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who is your bassoon hero? Uh, Rebecca Heller. Okay. So yeah, like um, uh, uh, like I guess we're kind of friends, but like, and if she texts me, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Um, so have you seen a lot of when you were in school, how long ago did you uh, graduate then? I finished my master's in 2016. So I've been out of the loop for like okay. five years now. Did you see things like um, grindcore or metal or even glitch or things like that working their way into the curriculum at all or was it like still considered sort of out there you know I feel like they teach music appreciation a little bit differently than they teach like um the like music history Mm -hmm. courses like you know what like the western classical anthology I think like I I do recall like um my um teacher um for music theory she uh was really interested in drawing parallels so like when we were talking about like collage she had the class listen to girl talk oh wow um, cool as like an example of collage and then she asked us to like find an example within music that we were listening to Mm -hmm. of that so like i used an old man gloom song i think it was like rape athena or something like that and i was like oh yeah this is kind of following that same paradigm. And so we would try and find examples. Um, I have noticed that a lot of percussionists are like late to the Meshuggah game, which mm. I think is like really funny. Like I remember yeah. being in high school and being like, Meshuggah, oh my God, <laughs> like seven, four, like, you, you, you know, and I think everyone goes to that phase, especially classical musicians because it's so technically complex. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, I've seen like people, I guess, and you know, everyone gets to their own musical journey on their own pace, but like seeing younger, composers and uh specifically mostly percussionists I, i've noticed getting really into mashuga and like tech mm. like technical metal mm-hmm. uh in general but i wouldn't say that it was necessarily part of the curriculum i think i often try to insert metal into <laughs> right. yeah. the curriculum myself by like using examples that i was listening mm-hmm. to um more than anything else nice yeah yeah that's cool. Yeah. Um, I bet there were a lot of 
a lot of students that were into like that kind of stuff, you know, like into metal outside of what they were studying. Yeah, absolutely. I have like made um, my friend um, Carlos uh, Cotola Solaris. He's in Wombat. He he's like a big metal guy, and he's a guitarist and violinist. So we bonded over pedals and metal. Um, <laughs> I haven't. I, you know, it's funny. Not a lot of my friends are very interested in metal for the most part. So I don't get to like I like someone asked me like once like why aren't you in a metal band? And I'm like oh mostly just because none of my friends are, or my musician friends necessarily want to uh, do that. Um, or, or I just haven't met the right people to be in a metal band right. with. Because um, I, I would love to do that. Not even on bassoon, just like in general. Um, you still play electric bass then? I do, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So if you want to start a metal band. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it. <laughs> I've had a dream of playing uh, the upright in a doom metal band for years. Oh, hell yeah. And so maybe we could have two bassists. Oh, yeah, like a yeah. Uh, Spinal Tap style. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> and we could cover Spinal Tap songs. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's a plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, my like high school like dream was that I wanted to be a bass tech for uh, like a death, like a touring death metal band. Oh, wow. Not yeah. really knowing what that would mean financially or otherwise. <laughs> yeah, right. But I liked the idea of like fixing instruments and getting to go to all the sound checks and like not necessarily yeah. playing for the audience, but knowing all of the songs yeah. and then just kind of being there to mm -hmm. facilitate. I think that's like still kind of my job anyway, but yeah. uh, I, I liked the idea of touring with a band that I actually liked, you know, and yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then yeah. when they get sick, you get to come on stage and exactly. take their place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you could pick any band to uh, be a bass tech for, who would it be? Oh shoot! Oh, that's hard. I I mean, I would say Gorguts. I guess like that would just like if I could tour with Gorguts, that would be so cool. Um, especially because Luc Lemay, the like, uh, I, I the I don't want to call him the head of the band, but like it's his band. Uh actually dropped out of conservatory so he has some like really interesting like classical oh, wow. trained ideas like he nice. uh, has said that like he doesn't even necessarily see the band as a circle pit band anymore like he wants mm -hmm. like he could definitely see it playing it like a new music wow events yeah, wow. and so right and yeah i i had asked him once because i was when i was analyzing some like he had written a string um quintet piece on one of the albums uh, battle of the camdo and here i was saying that i don't know metal songs and now i'm actually <laughs> like um and i was like man this sounds a lot like uh, shostakovich string quartet number seven and i was like i'm gonna email him and ask like if he doesn't email back like whatever i at least yeah. got and he's just like lol i didn't think anyone would notice nice <laughs> so i was like okay That's i see great. what you're doing yeah <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Wow. So you have a, a project called, is it ROT or is it ROT? It'll be ROT. So um, you're working on that. What is What does that consist of? So uh, the kind of um, impetus was back in January or February, I rented a contrabassoon for two weeks, kind mm -hmm. of in an episode of Mania. I was like, you should have a contrabassoon in your life, <laughs> which uh, for the uninitiated if the bassoon plays low notes 
the contrabassoon plays an octave below the bassoon. So it's just like, wow, you know, kind wow. of cool stuff. And, <laughs> and I wanted to make an album um, of material of just contra stuff. And I realized I didn't record enough material oh, for okay. a full, for a full length. And I remember I put like a Facebook post was like, should I get a lathe cut? How much material should you oh, right. set? Yeah. This whole thing, just cause like, I am interested in like the materiality of an object and that maybe doesn't matter. So then I started kind of discussing it with various people and i was like well what if we like did a side a side b sort of situation and then like because i wasn't attached to some of the contra um pieces that i did that i could mix and match mm-hmm. a bit more and then i started thinking like well i'm really interested in like the idea of deconstructing the bassoon and it's a wooden object like what if we made this into like a visual sort of album like you know go into the woods play the bassoon in the woods like in the fall when things are starting to decompose and then i found a really 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 cheap broken bassoon i haven't bought it yet um and it's but it's still available some guy just has it and i was like well what if you started like growing mushrooms and things out of the instrument and doing like time lapses and just kind of like really turning it into like a full sort of so it it, i don't know when this is going to happen but That's I have awesome. big plans to kind of just like record the sounds of the bassoon essentially rotting. rotting yeah. yeah. And like That's being awesome. in the woods and like what the resonance of that space is like with my instrument. Cause my instrument's 101 years old. And so like it, I'm interested in bringing it to a place with trees. And so yeah. I, I don't imagine that I'll be able to start working on it for real until the fall and things start to right. season start to change. But like I could, I really should just go ahead and buy that bassoon, the other bassoon and do yeah. the mushrooming and, and see what that is. Cause I, I don't know if it'll be a cassette. I don't know if it'll just be a video. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of the cassette personally, but um, we'll, we'll kind of see, I think I'm finally getting motivated again to like work on my art mm-hmm. and that's like, you know, so I'm kind of trying to parse out what that looks like and, what it is and like i never released anything solo before actually yeah. like so that's a kind of scary yeah. too in some ways so it'll be mostly organic sounding uh bassoon mm-hmm. are you thinking or will it be a lot of processing too? it'll be a lot of processing hence like the rot anyway like i, I got really interested in like glitch media and mm-hmm. stuff like that so i think it's just rotting as a concept right um i think like i i had like come up with like various titles that were related to that mm-hmm. um concept of decomposition and i thought calling it decompose was a little too on the nose yeah i got you yeah so i like it but i understand what you yeah mean. yeah i i'm interested i think to see what other bassoonists are up to because i feel like i know a lot of the weird bassoonists but all of them are in or around academia Mm-hmm. in some ways and so i i'm like i like want to be part of that world but because my aesthetics and maybe location mm-hmm. you know is it definitely leads me to be more in like the diy scene which is is it's fine but i always like have fantasies of like infiltrating yeah. academic <laughs> bassoon world you know right yeah. for sure have you met a lot of other bassoonists that you would say are sort of exploring the same realms as you or um yeah i've met like four 
of them because there are only like four of them. Right. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, um, I actually, let me pull it up because I, the, 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 uh, I, hold on. Sorry. I'm looking at a slideshow I did because I put names down of people to listen to. So like the original like weirdo bassoonist, his name is Newt Sonstevold. He was a, he was one of Stockhausen's like pocket instrumentalists. Okay. And so I've never met him, but I really wanted to study with him because like as like the OG electronic bassoonist. Um, right. But I, I think he's, he's of ill health or something. Like, I, either way, I can't study with him unless I like go to Sweden and like knock on his door kind of thing. He's not um, in an institution anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so again, he's, you know, vaguely academic. Um, uh, Rebecca Heller, um, she plays for the International Contemporary Ensemble, which is, you know, still very affiliated with art music and, mm -hmm. you know, um, but like she's doing some really amazing compositions um, that sound out of this world. Um, the other uh, person I could think of is Dana Jessen, uh, who doesn't teach but is based in Oberlin. Um, which rather, I should say she's not a bassoon instructor, but she teaches at Oberlin. Hmm. Um, and she does a lot of uh, bassoon and electronics and improvisation. And she works with, I think, the Splinter Reads group um, and her album Carve had like some bassoon electronics, some uh, read improvs. It, like it was very interesting. So talking to her um, just about like her trajectory was interesting because she studied improvisation um, specifically with a non-bassoonist, which is, is pretty neat. Um, the other person that I, uh, I'm i gonna study with actually in Germany, who is very much so on the same wavelength as me is uh, Daphne Vicente Sandoval. She did a whole album of like bassoon and styrofoam with Pascal Battis. And it's just like harsh noise, like sound processing. It's, it is not a bassoon album. It is so cool. Wow. Um, and so I've been in correspondence with her because she's gonna be teaching at the Darmstadt Festival in Germany um, this summer. And so I was just like, I guess I'm gonna go and <laughs> nice. these Americans can enter wow. Europe now and i'm looking yeah. forward to working with her just because aesthetically even though she does like a new like new complexity contemporary music thing like she's also very interested in like the deconstruction of the bassoon mm -hmm. um which i'm very excited about because that's kind of what i want to do artistically right. um and then uh Catherine young is a, a again another she teaches at emory but she's a composer but she was part of like that whole chicago new music scene um and she does some really neat stuff with bassoon and processed electronics um wow. i haven't we actually haven't met um and then there's some younger bassoonists too um there's this uh uh new york-based bassoonist uh joey goodry who i think they're at the new school or manhattan school now and they're exploring um uh, not necessarily amplified bassoon but like improvisation um, bassoon. Um, I'm trying to think of other, you know, like, and then there's like the Meg Quigley Foundation, which is interested in like new music for bassoon, but like, I don't want to shit talk them, but like a lot of the music isn't, it's not weird. It just happens to be new, okay. but there's like a lot of young bassoonists coming out of that. And I'm sure that like, there would be a weirdo or two. Yeah. <laughs> right. Have you met there. very many other people like playing basement shows? No, I'll never I am. Soon. Okay. No, I like. You You're know, just out there, all floating in space by yourself. Yeah, I mean, I feel like maybe this is like again me being on my high horse, but like I, 
I am like the premier noise bassoonist. Like, nice. if, <laughs> you know, like if you're interested in like, like processing your sound and like exploring mm-hmm. like a different, um, I guess, dialogue musically, mm-hmm. especially on a classical instrument. I think mm-hmm. I would, I think I'm who you want to talk to especially yeah. <laughs> with, about the bassoon. But I, again, like I, 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 I'm like, I don't get emails out of the blue or anything, but I also don't have much of a web presence. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very shy. So it's, I'm still trying to get used to putting myself out there yeah. um, on the internet for people to find. Cause I, I think that's the one thing I do miss about grad school is I really liked teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like, but I think if I was to teach, I would have to go back to school, you know, and get a DMA or PhD, but then I'd also have to play music that I'm not necessarily interested in, which is fine. But I think I'm more interested in exploring my like own artistic voice Mm -hmm. than like playing Mozart for a jury personally, at least right now, maybe that'll change in two years, you know, because I do kind of miss standard repertoire in some ways. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> no, thank you guys for having me. I'm always excited to talk about the bassoon. So. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I love the fact that you're basically like, you're kind of just talking about, for lack of a better way to describe it, radicalizing a sort of, at least in, in terms of like American music and how we view like what's cool and what isn't something as kind of uncool as like the bassoon in it really fucking cool like it's this really and and i just i love the fact that you're approaching an instrument like the bassoon (laughs) um from you know through the filter of like a diy punk hardcore noise metal musician i think that's awesome No, thank you. I, I've met people of, of non-bassoonists, like saxophonists and percussionists mm-hmm. who I can like totally get down with mm-hmm. um, a lot, but it's bassoon I think is, I think because of the nature of the saxophone and drums, like there are more cross genre things. Like I mean, you think about like Colin Stetson, right? Like doing all those like crazy like saxophony things and like, oh yeah, or even in jazz because you have free jazz and like Ornette mm-hmm. Coleman, like it, it's right. more of an instrument that is used to being weird outside of a mm-hmm. purely academic setting, um, yeah. right? And so bassoonists I think are still, aren't quite there yet in terms of weird visibility. I mean, yeah. Frank Zappa wrote a couple bassoon things here and there, but like, I don't sure. think of it, you know, and I think, oh, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, Paul Hansen and Bela Fleck and the mm-hmm. Fleck Tones does some like jazzy bassoon stuff, but it's, there aren't a lot of, I think, at, maybe, at least to my knowledge, opportunities to showcase yeah. bassoon in a, in a more, uh, as you said, like metal well, setting. Yeah. I personally, almost every time a bassoon comes on, I'm like, oh shit, is that a bassoon? Cause yeah. it's just such a human sounding instrument it's so vocal yeah it's like the the french horn sort of has the same effect on me where it's like or the cello like this sounds like a human voice whereas most other things don't you know the bassoon might be a little more of a nasally human Mm. voice but it's still it has that effect on me where it just has this cool mellow um it has like a natural i don't know how to describe it um Shit, modulation to it you know mm-hmm. how like a string when you bow a string it's like 
that sound of the string scrape or being scraped by the bow is the sound. I sort of get that out of the bassoon too, that has this little bit of a flutter to it. You like can a, hear the overtones for right. sure. Yeah. And I think that any most instruments that have that element to it, I'm just way into the second they yeah. come. And I just think it's so cool that uh to hear that and understand that you can um sort of amplify those elements of that sound you know yeah i don't feel like when i hear you play it's just that you could have taken any instrument and process it the same way if that makes any sense no like, thank you i appreciate yeah. that a and lot. so i think that um for me when i hear the bassoon and especially you're playing i'm just kind of like this has a human element to it you know, because of that sort of vocal sound. I don't know. It's yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you think like the bassoonery, I don't have one near me, but it's mm -hmm. like, you know, this big goes through the little vocal and then like comes out of this five foot tall right. thing. So it's like inherently restrictive right? in some yeah. ways. I mean, the instrument itself hasn't really changed in like a hundred years. I mean, literally like my instrument is a hundred years old and it right. is like the same key work as like a modern instrument. Wow. Um, and so like you have like this, like it's a weird instrument. It's not balanced. Like you can play in between the notes mm -hmm. very easily. And that's something that I really like to do is like find like, say I'm playing a C and then I'm bending it down like a quarter tone and then harmonizing it. Yeah. So like a minor second. So you hear all of that like crunchiness in yeah. between instead of like, you know, like, oh, here's my like pure sine wave of mm -hmm. exactly whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Bassoon is a woodwind instrument, right, Gabby? Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. I, I was trying to, you know, because I'm thinking of all of the different like, you know, band instruments and stuff like that. I don't remember if we had a bassoon player in school band when I was in school band way back in sixth or seventh grade. Were you ever in school band, Eric? Uh, nope. Uh, really? I was not. I, I was only in it for like- I wasn't allowed to do extracurriculars. Like your parents? <laughs> By the you? school. No, my parents oh. would have loved to have okay. me out of the house. But um, no, the, <laughs> I, this, I had detention every night <clears throat> after oh. school. And so they knew that I was gonna miss every practice and every whatever sure. rehearsal so i didn't i didn't get to sign up <laughs> i was very bad i was a very naughty made, little uh, boy <laughs> i wasn't like particularly a bad student but i mean i did do some dumb stuff in high school but one of the dumbest decisions i made was dropping out of school band in seventh mm -hmm. grade mm -hmm. so i decided that i could substitute that by being a punk rock musician Oh yeah. That's what we all do. <laughs> That's why the, no the noise scene has so many people involved. <laughs> I wish they would have had punk rock school, man. Then I would have aced yeah. everything. <laughs> yeah. So the, the playing punk rock is sort of what you do when you don't make it in band. And then noise music is what you do when you can't make it in punk rock. <laughs> yeah, that's... Hmm. that's or if you age out of punk rock, then yeah. it used to be rockabilly. Yeah, yeah. I think noise has replaced rockabilly of what you do at over 40 when you're a 40 year old punk. So rockabilly, we're just a bunch of failed punk musicians. Hell yeah. Okay. I used to call it the punk rock retirement plan. Yeah. It's like, well, I still get to have skulls on all my shirts. So, so Mersmo is a punk rock retirement musician. 
No, I don't know. No. About that, but. No. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is, though, I didn't know any rockabilly musicians. No, it, there wasn't really a scene for that here. Yeah, really. I wish there was, though. I kind of would like to see a rockabilly band in Muscatine. <laughs> I think they would do pretty well there, actually. Yeah, yeah, maybe. They would call themselves the Cool Cats. Yeah, the cool, the the hot dog and the cool cats. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Reverend Horton Heath played at Gabe's. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I, I, I just wish that they would get the flying cars like the neutrinos and the ninja turtles. Uh, anyway. Oh, no. what happened? <laughs> so like or the neutrinos. <laughs> Yeah, the neutrino. Did you ever watch the Ninja Turtles as a, uh, at all? Like the '80s cartoon? There was yeah. A, the, do you do you know what the neutrinos were? No. So they were like these like rebels from Dimension X, and they had flying cars, and they looked like well, they looked like space rockabilly musicians. Wow. Yeah. One of them, Michelangelo. It, it was his love interest. Her name was Kala, I think, or something. Wow. Yeah, they, oh, I'll have to go back and watch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They call themselves the Neutrinos. <laughs> That's the only way I would join a rockabilly band is if we could show up to every gig in a flying car. Well, that oh, would yeah. be the only someday. Way. <laughs> someday, yeah, exactly. There's that <laughs> classic accelerative thrust bullshit we've been missing. <laughs> we've been so serious this whole episode. Yeah. It's been nice talking to you. I honestly yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, we. Uh, I got it. Was, it was great meeting you, Gavin. Yeah, yeah, nice to meet you for you real, <laughs> or sort of yeah. for real. Well, I'll let Dan know next time there are performances happening. Um, Absolutely. I wasn't that sure I'd be going to the one on Saturday. Otherwise, I wouldn't yeah. let Dan know. But next no time. Yeah, I wasn't bassooning then anyway, so. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we we all, we love gear. We love pedals. Yeah. All that Absolutely. Stuff. And so. I would love to see what you do in a live context. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. I, yeah. I think the closest thing I have right now, well, you can't see my feet, so it, like you can't see me stepping on my my pedals, but I did um, for the Oh My Ears Festival, I did like a video performance where I had a, um, a essentially we found this weird light fixture in the basement of the and I wired it up and made it talk to my console so that if I played a frequency or if I played a pitch, the lights would turn on and off. Hmm. So, wow. so <laughs> it was i was so excited about it it was it was very cool but like i was running it through my pedals but like you can't like it's the video's focus is on the light not mm -hmm. on the overhead of of me like clicking around and and all that wow yeah Ooh, yeah the is probably quite the resource <laughs> <laughs> <Don't Sorry. tell. laughs> you can't say that too loud <laughs> uh do you got any stuff on youtube right now uh, I don't have a YouTube. I have a Vimeo, which I mean is maybe <laughs> more hip. I don't know. I have a Vimeo and a SoundCloud, and I'm on Instagram. Um, I don't. I mostly post what beer I'm drinking more so than bassoon okay. stuff. But like, uh, I like I like the story because it's kind of ephemeral. So like, um, maybe a week or it must have been like two two or three weeks ago. Um, I hadn't really been playing bassoon much for reasons, and I decided to transcribe "Gimme Gimme Gimme" by ABBA. Mm, nice. oh, and so I like posted a little video of me playing the chorus to "Gimme Gimme Gimme." Um, so like, yeah, I'm I, I I'm trying to get better at social media, but it's sure. Yeah, I it's, think if I had, yeah, 
you're not missing much. I, I hate it all. Yeah. <laughs> but I still do it. Yeah. It's I only do it for events, honestly. Like yeah. if I need to know when stuff's happening. I really I, mean, I don't need to, but I like to. <laughs> you know? Right. Otherwise I don't know. I because I don't really talk to other people and stuff <laughs> so you know that's how you find out about things right so. it's really weird to think that at one time we had nothing like that how did i ever find out that like you know somebody was playing at games in 99 i have no idea <laughs> you know it's like it's exhausting just to think about that yeah little pieces of paper <laughs> yeah. we all had little yeah. pieces of paper to hand you had to go somewhere to see it posted up you know, like in downtown yeah. Iowa City or something. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would scour websites a lot, like to go, like when concerts were happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like I do. You remember when? I mean, this wasn't too long. I guess it was like a decade ago now. When Yacht Club used to do Black Monday, which was their metal night. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yes, that was like I remember going on the Yacht Club website trying to figure out who was playing, and I never really took enough. Um, or n- never made enough of an effort to go to those shows because it <laughs> disappeared shortly thereafter. <laughs> yeah, I guess I made it sound way more dramatic than it actually was. I guess like uh, you did, yeah, there was Gabe's website and all that stuff. It's like, really, it was no different than it is now. I was it's just trying to make conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I just was making up lies. Yeah, yeah make, exactly. Well, I mean, you have to do that when you have conversations. Yeah, that's that's the whole it's point important. of talking to people. As far as I can tell, convince them of lies. Yes. Make everything sound either better or way worse than it actually was. One of the that, two. That's fairly true. <laughs> yeah. No one's ever just told a story the way it happened. How boring yeah. would that be? Yeah. What's the- and then the cop was like, have a nice day. <laughs> No, that sucks. <laughs> oh, geez. All right. I well. got nothing else to add. <laughs> I don't think I really I know. successfully killed it. All right. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that, that was a good kill. It was a great kill. It was a clean yeah. kill. Clean kill in my killing suit. Full circle. (laughs) Well, Gabby, it was nice to have you on. And yeah, thank you so much um, for having me. This was a lot of fun. Hopefully, we can have you on again. Yeah, I want to talk about pedals. I I I know we decided the gear. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, we need to do a part two where Eric talks about all the gear with you. We just talked about gear. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently looking for a reverb pedal with an expression out. So if you have any, but not leads, the Earthquaker device one. Not not that one. Don't <laughs> right. don't get that one. Okay. What's that, what's that one called? The Afterneath. Afterneath, which I think is a cool pedal, but Gabby didn't like some aspect of it. We didn't get into it. Part two. Oh, will. <laughs> it was the Astral Destiny that I didn't like. I don't oh, know what I don't okay. like about the Afterneath yet. Oh, okay. So, so <laughs> we'll find out. Nice. Yeah. You're making up lies here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, look forward to part two where we talk yeah. almost exclusively about gear and maybe beer. Oh, that'd be as great. As far as beer I can tell, that uh, those are Gabby's go. favorite things. Yeah, gear and beer. That's yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> hmm. All right. Cool. All right. Cool. Well, it was nice talking to you. And- yeah. Um, I yeah, I guess we should do our uh, 
uh, sort of like ending things. So Gabby, do you want people to find you online? <laughs> um, you can find me on SoundCloud at okay. GEVanic. Oh. Uh, you can find me on Vimeo at GEVanic. And then my Instagram, if you want to creep, is Vanic underscore at the disco. Yep, so. Vanic at the disco. Very uh, funny. I'm not sure if I've <laughs> I know that you're you're we're either following well, I think you're following the accelerative thrust. I am. Okay, okay, but I don't know if you if I'm following you and you're following me on my personal Get I'll on it. Sure. Yeah, do it. Yeah. yeah okay. My account is set to private so that I can uh, uh what's the word? Uh filter people. <laughs> no yeah. No, honestly it's just because I wasn't sure if it was gonna be like a professional account or a yeah. right, right, you know. Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. My stories are like stupid shit, and then my posts are like I'm a successful musician, you know. So, yeah. so mute whichever one of those two you don't want to <laughs> actually. Exactly. Most of my posts on my personal page are exactly the same as the ones on the Excel. <laughs> oh yeah. Not, there's really no difference. Yeah, but we are at accelerative thrust. Accelerative dot thrust something right is that that's the name yeah at yeah. A, a, the instagram page and then we have yeah, a facebook one i don't know accelerative thrust on facebook mm -hmm. we also have a youtube well i had a youtube channel called that but <laughs> it's we 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 did a total of two videos yeah with us together but then there's a whole bunch of other old videos with mm. just me that's kind of boring well you there you go out. check uh, that out guys <laughs> check it all out yeah. nice all right. Well, I think we took care of business there. So, yeah. care of business. Oh. I, every now, day. Every day. My favorite part is working overtime, workout. <laughs> why why would anyone there. ever sing anything like that? Workout. So, that is like Alf sang it. I don't get it at all. Anyway. That is a Muscatine cover band classic. <laughs> Shit. That's too full circle. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I ruined it, everybody. I ruined it. All right, Gabby, it was nice All right. talking to you. Thanks yep. for having me, guys. Yep. Take it easy. Absolutely. I got to go to work now. <laughs> All right, good luck. <laughs> See you later. Bye. 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 Bye.